0: Hello, I'm Sammy Eisberg. You're here with Chris Calabello. So uh, who do you play with uh, currently and who did you play for um, before? Well, playing for currently,
1: the only person I'm playing for currently, I would say, is Italy. That's like a whole country. Uh, I know I played for the Blue Jays once. That was like that felt like playing for a country. But uh, no, I'm a, I'm a free agent right now, I would say. Um Probably going to end up going to play independent ball this summer, but I uh, have a fair share of time in the in the major leagues. I played for the Twins and the Blue Jays, but uh, I figured you would tell people about that, not me, but then I feel like I'm gloating,
0: you know. So talking about the uh, independent ball, and maybe going back to there, so I've read that you've uh, had seven years there, so what was that like, being there for so long?
1: Uh, I mean it was interesting. I I really enjoyed Indie ball. Like my time there was, uh, I guess very rewarding. I think it's, it's, you know, it's interesting to, to develop as a human. You figure out who you are when you're there. Um, you go through a lot of just of your own development, I guess. It, It, it makes you turn into a man and figure out the things that you need to do to be successful. So, I'm very thankful that I had the opportunity to play there for as long as I did. Obviously I would have liked to have gotten to the big leagues a little bit quicker, but, uh, I, I don't think I would be the player that I am today without the time I spent there. And, um, you know, in terms of going back, it's at this point, you know, I'm, my objective is the, the 2020 Olympics with Italy. We have the Olympic qualifier this fall. Um, you know, and then maybe one more WBC or, you know, the way I feel right now, I think I'm going to hit till I'm 50. So,
0: um, you know, you never know. Uh, so, so you are a first baseman slash third baseman, correct?
1: Uh, it's tough to, I would I would definitely put third baseman in there for my own personal pride. Um, you know, I, the last time i played a recorded inning at third base was probably two thousand ten. Um, I definitely have more time in the outfield than I do at third. As a matter of fact, I have more mid league innings played defensively in the outfield than I do at first base. So uh, I guess you'd have to consider me an outfielder too. I think I'm just starting to get good at that thing. And now then I mean, nobody lets me play there anymore, but it
0: is what it is. So when you're in the batter's box or on the uh, in the on-deck circle, what are you thinking about before you step in or what are you thinking about uh, when you're about to hit the ball?
1: Uh, a lot of times I'm thinking about how badly the pitcher's feeling. They're going to be hurt. Um, you know, that's the predominant thought that I have, uh, cause you know, it's all about that visualization stuff. Uh, but the, I mean, very often, and I, I think it's, you know, the more mature you become as a player, the more you start to understand yourself better. Obviously timing is a huge component of hitting. Um, when you're on deck and, you, and you're really working, uh, me personally, I'm trying to work to get on time to figure out, when my moves need to happen against a certain against a certain pitcher, um, really just controlling my breathing when I'm on deck, because I know that once I get in the box, there are a lot of things that could get my heart rate to, to rise and uh, take me away from being the guy that I want to be. And I think that's, that's one of the most important things that I've learned as I've gotten older, is that I really, really need to control my heart rate, control my breathing, and... You know, every circumstance, every every moment in the game creates emotion. Every result we have creates an emotion. So, I, the the ability to control those emotions, like, starts playing a massive role in who you are as a player and, and how you're able to, you know, to manage certain situations. So, I think that's you know something that's really important. And if there's anything I would tell younger younger hitters, it's understand how to manage your emotions in baseball because if you don't you're never going to become the type of player that you can or want to be.
0: So how do you um, control your emotions when you're there?
1: I, I think I think breathing is definitely one of the things that I've learned I've talked to a lot of sports psychologists saw a lot of sports uh, you know uh, mental people skills mental skills coaches, And the one thing that's been a constant with all of them, like they all have their own different, you know, kind of trickery and not necessarily, you know, hocus-pocus trickery, but different theories that they have about, you know, how they would go about it. But the one constant with all of them has been breathing. And I think that's definitely a huge asset for me. I think, uh, you know, Evan Longoria talks, uh, you know, used to work with Ken Revisa Uh, quite a bit and it it was well noted and I think one of the most impressive things to me about Evan and I saw him obviously when he was just a puppy in the the big league um, when he had first gotten up before I even got there was he just looked like he belonged and and Evan talked a lot about having focal points um, for himself during games and I, that became like a, a massive, uh, like a very, very interesting topic to me. So I always, I always worked to find my focal points, and it didn't necessarily always have to be the same thing for me. Um, but they were just kind of constant reminders that, you know, you need to slow the game down in order to be successful. The guy on the other side of the field is trying to get you to speed up. So you have to slow your emotions and your energy down a lot of the time in baseball.
0: So, what is your definition of the mental game?
1: Whew. I mean, how long do you want to talk for? Like, like ten <laughs> minutes or like ten days? Um, no, I mean, listen, I, baseball. Baseball is a thinking man's game, right? It it is a mental game, like everything about it. Because, and I think the hard part. Sammy, for what I've I've seen in baseball, especially the evolution of the game here in the last, call it 10, 15 years, and with the evolution of social media and things like that, like we we've, we've become a society that's very conscious of results, right? Like, what's your exit speed? What's your, you know, what's your launch angle? What's your spin rate? What's your this? What's your that? And that's great. Those are, that, that it's all valuable information. Don't get me wrong. Um, I believe in, in, in the value of data and analytics, and I think it's important. But you know, baseball goes way, way beyond that. Um, you know, we're trying to use, and this is what Major League Baseball is doing, and they're trying to use predictive analysis to figure out who guys are going to be, you know, in two, three, five, ten years, and how their how their performance or their past performance is going to predict future performance based on a bunch of different algorithms and a bunch of different numbers that really at the end of the day are just numbers. Yeah. Um, so when, when you really put that in perspective and you say, Hey, like I need to understand this is much bigger than this. Uh, that's what the mental game means to me. It means the ability to understand how a guy's going to pitch you differently when he's 1-0 or when he's 0-1. It's the ability to understand how to manage an at-bat when your team's down by two in the eighth or up by two in the first. Um, it's the ability to understand how to deal with slumps. It's the ability to... And then slumps are a word that really doesn't exist. I use it for, you know, common folk terminology, I guess. Like it, it It's everything, right? And I think... You know, the more you're around the game of baseball, the more you recognize that your brain is your most important tool. Um, you know, you talk about hit, run, throw, play defense. Um, nothing's as important as your mind's ability to win battles and be confident and, uh, and, and teach you how to compete day in and day out.
0: So with that, why do you think that a lot of youth players today don't know what the mental game is or what it means, and they're not learning it until they're in high school and sometimes not even until college?
1: Because it's not sexy. I mean, pardon my language. Uh, it's just not It's not a, a, a thing that is very... It's not a, "woo, look at me type of thing, right? Like, it's sitting there and, and studying tendencies and... And analyzing how your at bat went, uh, and trying to figure out how to, you know, how to approach a sinker ball versus how to approach a high spin rate guy. They're not, they're, those don't get clicked on, those don't get likes on Instagram. Those don't get retweets on Twitter, man. Like, and listen, and, you know, I use Twitter and so, and Instagram as an example, but it, you know, you can make the argument that that's not what made the highlights 20 years ago and, you know, those weren't the plays. Those weren't the the things that got got highlighted in people's careers. So, it's not necessarily just social media. It's just they're not results, right? They're not. They're, it's not cool to talk about. You know how you study the pitcher's tendencies for for two hours before you went to bed the night before. How you watch video on a guy to figure out. You know what his breaking ball did compared to you know, his slider and figuring out the tunnels and to see how he pitched in the last two innings of his last start. Those things aren't sexy. They're not, they're not cool. Like, so it's hard when you're a kid to buy into those things because, and and don't get me wrong. I I believe in results and results are important, but the results are, they're byproducts. Right. And I think it's hard to recognize that at a young age. Um, the sooner you can figure it out, the better off you're going to be as a player.
0: It's not like Bryce Harper's 465 foot bomb that he hit last night,
1: <laughs> right? And yeah. his green shoes, and his white or blue arm sleeve, and his yeah, his shin guard with his number on it. Those things are all cool, right? Those things stand out. And you know, I guarantee you, a lot more went into that 455 foot home run than you know the. The Hornstein he gave to the stands, right? You know exactly.
0: Yeah. So, well, uh, just a last question here. That's fun. Um, who is the best player that you ever shared the field with?
1: Oh man, teammate or opponent?
0: It could be either one.
1: Oh well, this has so many layers. This question could go a lot of different directions. Uh, I think the player I was most honored to share a feel with was Derek Jeter. Um, he represented uh, everything that was right about the game of baseball to me uh, to the point where mm, when he, you know, he patted me on the butt one time when we were playing at the Yankees when I was in Minnesota, and I got so excited and, like, choked up that I was like, man, I'm not going to wash my pants. Um I was like a little fanboy type thing back day. Um playing against Miguel Cabrera was really cool. He was actually my second game in the Major Leagues was against the Tigers, so getting to watch Cabrera off close and personal. Um that was neat. Uh as a teammate uh you know, it it's hard to to not say Donaldson in his MVP season. Um I think I was much more impressed with Troy Tulewitzki and the way he goes about it and how humble he is about his skill set and how good he is as a player so yeah all,
0: all three of those guys are going to be big names one day
1: yeah I mean they're all I think I think they're all you know pretty good players yeah maybe not as good as me but good. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much.
1: My pleasure, man. Uh, anytime, anytime. I can
0: help out. Hey, it's Sam here. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, I would like to ask for your help. Tell me what questions you would like answered. If you could also take a moment to review the show. The algorithms are taking into account how many ratings and reviews I get. More reviews, the more people they restore the podcast with. This week, I would like to thank Nava, Bobby, and Scott for their reviews. And don't forget to play ball, kid.